forever. Dog. Welcome to Hills I Die On. Thanksgiving stinks. Being old is awesome. I believe twins should be separated at birth. The Bachelor is the perfect way to find love. Adults who like Disneyland are deeply unwell. Silly take anyway. All right, we roll in. We live now. You ready for this? Let's do it. Welcome back to another episode of Hills I Die On. Today is another magnificent day on the pod because today I'm here with a truly delightful guest. He's a writer for such shows as Perfect Harmony and Speechless and Son of Zorn, co-host of his podcast, First Hand Podcast. He's a hilarious and talented human, and he's here to die on a hill with us today. Please welcome to the podcast, Greg Gallant. Hey, Did thanks I do that for right? having me. Yeah. After you just pre- told me, I was like, oh no, I was leading up to it and was like, I'm going you to say did it. it you did it. I feel like 50% of the podcasts I go <laughs> on with friends, it's, it's but wrong. don't get it. And that's okay. <laughs> I, there's a point at which you just can't ask someone the pronunciation. And I feel like if you met someone in like the improv space, especially like, and a lot of our friends, I think are in like the sketch and improv community. Mm-hmm. I don't know their last names. I just know whatever they said in improv 101 which was like greg the gregarious exactly so i'm like i don't know your last name i don't know how to pronounce it and i and it's been too long i can't ask you it's like when i'm off facebook now but i feel like for so long a long time on facebook is like well i know is that your middle name or your last name not a clue (laughs) because like everyone was going like most women were going by like first name middle name and it was like who is this i know your last name totally now it's at the point where people are either changing it because they're married and i will never figure out who they are again or changing it because they're a level of famous that they're getting too many friend requests (laughs) i sent a friend request one time to uh to, to a stand-up that I had met and it bounced back with like an automatic reply of like, I get so many messages. I get so many friend requests, blah, 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 blah. I was like, fuck this. And That's... then that guy later got canceled. No way. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So I was a little bit like, hell yeah. I didn't know you could do like out of office memos on get, social media. I'm not famous enough to know that. For them to add, you like level up a certain amount of followers and you level up. I definitely don't have My, that. My email address is absolute nonsense. It's like my initials <laughs> and then a bunch of numbers. I just like transferred it from college. And part of me is like, I need to get famous to justify that email address. That's, yes, you do. Because otherwise people are like, man, come on. Yeah, like, what the fuck? And then if I get famous, it'll be like, wow, he really, he knew. He called his shot. <laughs> I hope it's also like yahoo.com or something that goes straight to spam most of the time. I have a Yahoo that's similar. <laughs> do you? Yeah. You are so I so use bad. it exclusively for playing fantasy sports. It's because you get so many like random emails. Yeah. Well, it's also like all a lot of old promo emails that I get sure. and like <laughs> weird eighth cousins. Yeah. <laughs> Also, happy day after Valentine's Day. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks for coming in early Saturday morning after what was surely a huge party. <laughs> um, how was your B day? It was great. Yeah. Actually, we did go to a party. Uh, which oh, did was, you? Yeah, it was like sort of a couple's thing. Not necessarily. It was a Valentine's Day party. I think she got invited and we were both like, hell, yeah, that's great. That lets us off the hook for like big Planning Valentine's anything? Day things. Yeah, yeah, that's it amazing. We did, it was like very dressy. Oh. And so I was like, I kept meaning like, oh God, because I like have... 
like lost weight and stuff and that I like bought a suit at like my absolute skinniest yeah, and of then I've like leveled out so like I've, all the suits I have are either too small or too big the amount of jeans I have fluctuation jeans yeah. from when you're like I feel amazing Gotta or for girls I'm like new bra baby I'll never wear it again it's like yeah. five days and then like you drink a glass of water and you're like oh and uh. it's gone yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I wound up like going and just buying it I had like pants and a shirt that I just like I'll just buy a jacket and then I like <laughs> forgot ties and so I bought a tie too and this was like two hours before the party <laughs> and it occurred and like I was like dude I can just go she's like no I'll come with I'll come with and then I was like god damn it now I'm the guy in a banana republic <laughs> at 6 p.m. on Valentine's Day with his girlfriend <laughs> watching him buy nice clothes that's hilarious <laughs> Uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. Uh, no. We're here to talk about this very controversial hill you're here to die on. Would I feel like this is somewhat of a hot take. <laughs> I do think it's yeah. a hot take. Uh, would you mind telling us what that is? I think there's never been a good poem. <laughs> <laughs> it's so aggressive. The word never is so aggressive. It is. It's Well, I also realized that I've, for someone, like both my parents are very cultured and like would take us to museums and stuff as a kid. And I feel like I keep going on podcasts and revealing myself as a culturalist group. Because <laughs> I think one of the first podcasts I was ever on, I talked about how I've never felt, I've never felt anything looking at a painting. That's amazing. <laughs> anything. I've never like, the most of painting, I'll appreciate that it's hard to paint. Like but the sure. most of painting has ever made me feel is like, huh. So the more that's amazing. Also, the more that you go on these podcasts, the more it's just being revealed that you have like sociopathic tendencies. Yeah. You're like, I also don't feel anything when I listen to this music yeah, or yeah. watch this art. As a matter of fact, I've never felt anything in any communication. A kitten could die and I wouldn't shed a tear. You're like, but I have grown great at emulating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hills I die on. It feels fine to take a life. <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, wait. So when we were chatting about this, you did specify in the beginning that you have yeah. no beef with children's poems, which yeah. I find fascinating. Oh. Shel so, Silverstein, great. Uh, so you feel things when you... No. <laughs> but I, as a kid, like, I think for kids, those are important. Like, I think kids should read Shel Silverstein and, like, Dr. Seuss Okay, so why? Why do you think kids should read these? Because they're fun and silly and creative and like it's good for kids to like i am glad i read when the sidewalk ends right. and a light in the attic right that's the other one like i'm glad i i don't need to read them now okay i was reading shell silverstein to my niece recently and uh -huh. i was like yeah this is fun it's fine fine yeah so you but think you aged out of it i think a lot of well i wish quote unquote adult poems which every now that we've created that delineation yes. it makes it seem like we're talking about erotic yes, poems yes it absolutely does adult <laughs> which poems, we can get to in a second which is like um, there once was a man from Nantucket yes which you love you which love I adult. do love okay so there we go one poem that you absolutely love let me start with all the poems I love yeah. <laughs> love is very strong no I think I wish adult poetry was more like Shel Silverstein interesting but so that's interesting so I have a tough time with the delineation between children and adult just having Having worked a lot in the kids space because I think it's a bummer that things that can be accessed by kids are considered childish mm. even though I personally like love Shel Silver Silverstein yeah. still or like Dr. Seuss yeah. for example Dr. Seuss isn't was not first famous for being a kids author his first book that I actually found this funny when I was googling it uh, Dr. Seuss's first book uh, was called the pocketbook of boners <laughs> 
so you love it already love it. which actually came off of his first published poem in 1931 called boners which was such a hit that it led to sequels such as bigger and better boners prize boners and boners by those who pulled them what did he mean oh so he means like bloopers <laughs> yeah he was talking about boners which i actually think but, i forgot i'm sure someone told me in sixth grade that boners meant errors and it was probably like mind-blowing but i forgot that fact but did it have the double meaning it didn't have the double it did mean- have a double in meaning the 30s? uh yeah it still had the double meaning and he thought it was hilarious and they so called it was, erections boners in the 30s yeah that's why it was that's so funny wild. yeah i mean otherwise why was he writing bigger and better boners so my grandfather <laughs> used the term boners. He had some boners. That's <laughs> As wild. a matter of fact. Actually, no, you don't know my grandfather. <laughs> I'm just, oh, I'm so sorry. You're so right. I'm my so sorry. My existence is a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> I should not have just assumed that. Yeah, don't, you can't, can't just assume someone had boners. That people's boners. You're right. That was wrong of me. Speaking of getting canceled, <laughs> it's time for me to go. It was also, just so you know, it was sourced from children. So it was like bloopers that kids say, but it was for adults and full of like risque jokes and so all illustrations. So say the darndest things. Essentially, which if you like, yeah. we could now say was stolen from Dr. Seuss. So if you like that show, which is, looks like you do. I don't know. The Cosby <laughs> <kidding>. version? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was one of your favorites? No. <laughs> also, fun facts. Dr. Seuss invented the words nerd and crunk which wow. i found i know Wait, I was crunk like, in- crunk, apparently it was used a little bit differently it was like a crunk machine and it was like a mashup of things so i think oh, okay. a little differently than like what was it nerd. i know kind wow. of fun right i know i love that do you think what about like oh the places you will go that's for people who are post mitzvah <laughs> so arguably adults <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> fine. Was it fine? Is it fine now because you think of it as cheesy? But was it fine the first time you read it when you were crossing that graduation stage? I don't, yeah, I read it as I was crossing the <laughs> yes, stage. I tripped. Out loud. <laughs> it was tough. It was really tough. So this is the trauma. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know if I even actually read that when I was in the right really? headspace to read. I it. should have asked you this from the beginning. Have you like studied poetry? Like, what level of poetry expert am I debating right now? I took. I was in like AP English, <laughs> and we read. Brag. <laughs> <laughs> you asked. Yeah. Uh, you read like what Poe? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Emily Dickinson. <laughs> sure, and Death Sylvia Plath. I actually honestly remember not hating Death Be Not Proud. No, there you go. Yeah, that was fine. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I didn't really study much. I took, I have like a, some sort of creative writing minor or something, but I don't think any of that was poetry. Interesting. Very deliberate. And you just think that it's, uh, that it should I go? Just, yeah. <laughs> I just... I don't get it. Okay, so at what age do you think, uh, if if it's good for kids and not adults, at what age is the cutoff? 16. 16? Yeah. So 16, it's chill that you read all this. I don't go with voting. 17. I go with driving. Amazing. <laughs> I su- I, fair? Well, it depends state to state. Because you don't want people driving while walking or driving behind the wheel. It goes back to your great ta- trauma of graduation day. Mm, yeah, no poetry behind the wheel. <laughs> Drinking and driving, totally yeah. fine. <laughs> Poetry and driving, a whole different beast. Honest, okay, honestly, maybe this is a slight a sub hill that I would die. <laughs> oh, no. Depending on, like, if you're like at point oh eight. Oh no. I think it's safer to drive a car than if you're reading a poem. <laughs> oh, okay, fair. I was like, where is he going with this? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm not okay. saying it's good. I just think it's safer. If we're doing the what is better than that, yeah. honestly, I think you're probably more fo- focused at point oh eight, like yeah. really being like, oh my. God, I had a beverage and I, I need to drive home versus yeah. reading your text yeah. when your eyes are just like nowhere uh, yeah. on the road. Okay. I, I don't sure. disagree with you. Take us both down for you that. Heard take. It first. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. 
Drunk driving is good. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, so at 17, uh, you're completely cut from all that stuff. Uh, mm. I'm going to be honest. I had a tough time. Uh, like Finding a good poem to challenge me with? No. Well, I honestly had a tough time figuring out how I was going to frame this debate that wasn't just like tying you to a chair and reading you poems until you like told me you liked one, which is what we're going to do. Okay. No, no, just kidding. Um, but I did uh, try to come up with, I reached out to a couple people. Uh, one of my favorite things that happened was... Well, I, I posted on Instagram being like, does anybody know anything about poetry? Because let's be clear here. I also was not yeah. a poetry major. Uh, I can appreciate poetry. Most of it, I think I like like fun verse and rhymes and sonnets. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't necessarily feel like I have a uh, sophisticated palette for poetry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I reached out and was like, does anyone have this? And my friend reached out and was like, my grandmother is uh her name is Frances Fisher. Uh she is a poet and has a poetry club. I'm about to read you an email poetry from club. Frances. Yes, what she a does. Nightmare. Really? Just you wait. Like a book club? I'm reading you this because there's no universe you're going to tell me that this kind woman doesn't have great poetry. (laughs) That's basically what this is coming down to. So um, this beautiful, beautiful... Oh, man, I have so many emails from her now. She's such a treat. Okay, so... Emails directly from the grandmother. Yes. My friend was like, I gave your email to my grandmother. She's going to reach out to you. Does she understand the premise of the show? Why she was sending you these? Absolutely. She absolutely knew that she was defending poetry. (laughs) Well, just you wait. So she says, before trying to defend poetry, I had to get my cookies out of the oven. I must say, they are poetry for the taste buds. (laughs) You're already going down. Hello, Taylor. Amy's old granny Franny here. Yes, as Amy pointed out, I am fortunate to be a member of a small poetry group here in Green Valley, Arizona. Our group. Poets Corner meets at our local library twice a month where we read our poems to each other. We do not critique much unless specifically asked. We are polite, though maybe not overly humble. Green Valley is a retirement community, so the average age of our members is somewhere north of 70 which is a little above your 16 trademark. Uh, At our advanced ages, we cherish poetry, realizing that poetry is all around us every day in almost every way. It's in the spectacular desert sunrises and sunsets. It's the hawks circling over our heads during the day and the tiny hummingbirds visiting our garden feeders first thing in the morning and last thing in the evening. Are you loving this already? Because I personally am melting. Uh, Why do we care about poetry? You ready for this part? It's the language, the cadence of the words. It's using an unusual word or different way to describe a universal emotion. Poetry examines that emotion through metaphors and without judgment. As Maya Angelou pointed out, when we pray, we use poetry. Poetry is concise and succinct. A poem uses few words as it hones in on its subject and reaches a conclusion. Though my preference for punchy pa- uh, last lines might not suit everyone. Poetry makes us laugh. Dr. Seuss, Ogden, Nash, Judith Viorst. It gives us goosebumps or brings us tears. Poe, Frost, Dickinson, Berlingetti. This is like the best thing I've ever read. Uh, All with just few words. Poets don't announce, here I am with something to say. In my mind, poets are writers saying, wow, look at this. Isn't it something? I don't know that I am able to defend poetry. To me, of course, it doesn't need defending. It needs spreading. My best regards to you, Taylor. Fran Fisher. Now, argue with Fran. Okay. Okay, I have several points to make. Fran sounds like a delightful woman. The best woman I've ever met. I Maybe similarly to, to my delineation of adults, it feels like maybe there's also poems are fine for seniors. <laughs> but no. between the ages of 16 and 70, I don't know. Look, 
I'm just I, want you to tell I, Fran, who's going to cue into this podcast, that you dis. You know, I, I don't disagree <laughs> with a lot of the nice things, Fran said. Okay, the part ahead. about like the ones that make you laugh, Dr. Seuss, and who else? Ogden Nash. Yeah. <sighs> What, I don't, don't think he's making me laugh. Really? I don't think Dr. Seuss is making me laugh out loud. Dr. Seuss is making my niece laugh. Your niece? Oh, your niece. I <laughs> thought you said making your <laughs> niece. Yes. I was like, was that like a niece laugh joke? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Fair. Yes. But that's because it's the first time she's exposed to it. But if, if Ogden Nash makes you laugh, I can't watch some comedy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And similarly, if, if, a, if an Edgar Allan Poe poem legitimately makes you scared... You are Amish. <laughs> you <laughs> live in a cave. Watch, go. I was watching Us last night. Yes, hilarious. <laughs> it's way infinitely scarier than a fucking poem. Okay, so so since so so the new addendum to the poem is since the creation of television and movies, there's no more need for poetry. But you I could argue that poetry back in the day there could had have to made be you. something. There was live theater. Yeah. <laughs> It had to be scarier than Poe. Also, yeah, life was scarier in the in in when Edgar Allan Poe was alive. Just re- going about your daily life was scarier than a poem. <laughs> You're so yeah, right. That's how bad life was back then. If you wanted f- three kids, you had to have like eight kids. <laughs> like everyone was dying constantly. <laughs> It was terrible. Poems, Edgar Allan Poem was probably a delightful escape for those people. An Edgar Allan Poem, a phrase I just... An Edgar Allan Poem. He had to have called him that, right? He, was, he tried to make it happen, but his friends just weren't having it. And also, then weren't all those guys like married to their cousins and shit? <laughs> So by the nature of incest and living in insular times, uh, poetry is not funny. You're la- you sure are laughing while talking I'm about I'm laughing it. at myself because I'm a smoked piece of shit. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, wait. Before we move on from Fran because she's so wonderful, if you think poems don't make you laugh, then I need you to l- read this poem that her and her Poets Corner had published, and I oh, dare man. you not to break a smile. It's called, are you ready for it? Hold on, let me- a potato wrap. <laughs> You already love it. You already love it. And I know that you do. You ready for it? Just just bear in mind, this was written by the Poets Corner. Mm-hmm. So I want you to envision Fran. Group uh, written. No, well, no, they, they had a group of uh, poems published together. Oh, so okay. I'm not sure who exactly wrote this poem, but I can tell you that I love it with all my heart. A potato wrap. We eat fries in our hood every day of the week. Who's the dude who invented our favorite treat? We need to find out who can take all the blame because none of our gangsta pants fit the same. I'm waiting for what? Actually, I think it says gangsta pants. I thought it said gangsta pants. What is gangsta? I don't know. We can Google it in a second. But you're you're giggling, but I think it's at yourself. (laughs) So you don't like poetry, but you do find yourself hilarious. True. (laughs) All right. You ready for it? We've been Googling for an answer day and night. Our fingers are sore, but here's what reads just right. Seems like Jefferson, the president, tasted French fries, then served them at the White House as a surprise. But before Mr. J gave potatoes a boost, what's the name of the person who first and Introduced. I'm just staring you down. French fries. Yum, yum, yum. Oh. Fattening fries. Oh, oh, oh. You love it. You love it. And it's making you laugh because it's a fantastic poem and um, it just induces joy. I, I, the strongest feeling I've now ever had in a poem is hunger. <laughs> it's amazing. Just, do you need a snack? Yeah. I should grab some because I really can. I have not offered you snacks. <laughs> just eat, feasting off the air right in this apartment. Feasting off of the jokes. Um, I don't think I need to finish this poem, but I, if, unless you'd like to hear it. I'm just, is how much more cultural appropriation is there? 
You don't know what type of person is writing this poem. If they're old. <laughs> Regardless of race. I don't actually know either. Yeah. Uh, fair. If it's a 70-year-old person in Arizona, I have a guess. <laughs> I'm doing I'm trying so hard to do you justice uh, okay here's one that re- that makes made me giggle that Fran wrote herself that's very short uh, it's called desert morning but then there's also another s uh, in parentheses uh, so it could also read desert morning oh. a peach colored sunrise in front of me a creamy full moon behind me breakfast you love it you love it you love it yes because like poems that. don't have to be long uh, they yeah. can just be delightful breakfast it's a it's a surprise early ending. Yes, and joyful. So you like Fran's poetry? Yeah, I guess <laughs> the desert is pretty. I feel like I uh, a little part of me feels sad for thinking that Arizona is that beautiful. Oh, but no, the the, the Grand Canyon shit's beautiful. I'll take that back. <laughs> Like, just because there's nothing green doesn't shit. mean it's not beautiful. Oh, I'm there you sorry. go. That's I'm a good sorry, take, Arizona. too. There you go. And that was a poem. <laughs> and I appreciated it. That counts uh, as a poem. I'm going to be honest. You also have written poetry uh, accidentally. I was going through your tweets to see if you had anything to say about poems, which, in fact, you did. Oh, uh, no. As an argument. I'm so sorry. This is just trying to get to an attack. This is a gotcha. Uh, okay. It really is. We can edit any of this out if you're not comfortable no, no, with it. No, no, But it. one of your most recent tweets, I was just like, I wonder if he's tweeted anything about poetry that I can, like, figure out what your take was going to be. Uh, and just one of your most recent tweets from February 4th, 2020. I'd honestly take Bloomberg over Pete because at least Bloomberg can pay for his own defeat. (laughs) (laughs) You are a poet. Uh, I guess so. Shit, I didn't even think about that. (laughs) I never thought that people going through my old tweets, the thing that would get me canceled would be poetry. (laughs) Also, the way more concerning thing for me hearing this is that it sounds like a tacit endorsement of Mike Bloomberg. A little bit. couldn't be less, less far from truth. the truth yes i i'm aware I'm, and anyone who goes through even one other one of your tweets will know that you are yeah, yeah. not <laughs> neither of those parties yeah. really matter it was just a poem that you happen to write for yourself i'm not ted dancing <laughs> uh, coming out pro bloomberg oh no is that real yeah it was a couple days ago and then you actually tr- tweeted about uh poetry one more time can i just read it to you yeah. i'm sorry i'm this no, is no, so no. invasive uh greg tweeted on april 30th 2004 or no 2014 i was like okay. that can't be right uh clooney should do a follow follow up to monuments men <laughs> where he uses the underground railroad to rescue poems <laughs> i remember this tweet because Four likes monuments, and a retweet, which back in the day was like fantastic that's big numbers for me yeah. back in the day that Okay, but this is a joke. This is because Monuments Men was an, a ludicrous movie to me that it was like, you know who the real victims of the Holocaust were? Paintings. <laughs> so, hence, it's my one to one was like, what about using the Underground Railroad to save poems? <laughs> And that's it's, been it's behind actually, the tweet. It's actually a beautiful tweet. I loved it. I, I realized you know, I just thought, this joke. I think it's a fantastic joke. Uh, it's definitely not an endorsement of poetry. No, it's no, more no. just like an incredibly clever analysis of this film, it, which it, I would listen to all day. It tells the listener that I'm not some provocateur who has adopted this anti-poetry stance to get you listens. <laughs> I am six years on the record anti-poetry. <laughs> There you go. It's as as long as you know you've been uh, dying consistent. on the silver age. Yes, you are consistent. You've you been dying on the silver ages. I'm the Bernie Sanders of hating. Oh, <laughs> you can find footage of me hating poems in the seventies. 
<laughs> I'm somehow still equally bald <laughs> and old no looking. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredibly hard to argue poetry with you, <laughs> considering I also know so little about poetry, hey, you know. but I'm trying to do it the best okay. I can. So, well, first of all, why else? Is there any other reason that you just like hate poetry? Like, did something happen to you? Is there a moment you can pinpoint when you were like, fuck yeah, poetry? Yeah, I was. <laughs> Touched by poetry book. Yeah, I was touched. <laughs> Not by a duck. poet, by a book. <laughs> I did have a joke with my girlfriend that because I'm constantly like pathologically like uh, <laughs> singing like parody songs or like oh, yes, putting okay. anything that I say to the tune of music. And so it was, we, we often joke that I was like molested at a weird outcast. So maybe something similar. And that's similar. the trauma you carry. Yeah, so that's why I'll always do uh, poetry. I mean, hey, lyrics are poems set to music. Am I right? Yeah, but what do you really <laughs> like about? I don't know. What would you rather listen to? What do you listen to more often? Let me ask you this. What do you listen to more often? Sure. Spoken word poetry or instrumental music? Sure. Instrumental music. However, yeah. I prefer music that has lyrics. Sure. So but we I can just argue isolated that one, both of those perhaps variables. I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like that you did that. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, fine. I think he, here's what I, I guess what I would say is my big argument here. Yes. Uh, uh, and it, it works perfectly because people will be like, well, do you like rap? And I'm like, I love rap. That was the question. I Great. love rap. There you go. Um, I didn't get into it until I was like an adult. I mean, I grew up in like Southern Ohio, so there wasn't like a lot of uh, cultural relevance to me. <laughs> but I love hip hop and rap. But here's the thing. Poets, and this is my real hot take, they would be songwriters or rappers, but they... Like, and I, again, this is where it differs from like a Shel Silverstein. Like you read a Shel Silverstein poem, you get it. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about like Emily Dickinson or someone, like these people would be writing prose or song lyrics, but they're, I think, too embarrassed and insecure with what they're saying that they make it hard to figure out. It's the craziest take. And it's not that I'm so you dumb think and can't poets, figure yeah, it out. Exactly. I That's was gonna say, not it. It's that poets are insecure mm -hmm. and hiding messages. They're the escape room of words. They are trying to hide what they're saying because they're embarrassed by it. Whereas like a rapper is like, this is what I'm saying. And I'm like, I respect that. So you really just don't like poetry that isn't overt. You don't like subtlety. That's <laughs> what you're telling me. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. So you do I like poems. I want you to say something. And if I'm too dumb to figure it out, <laughs> that's. And I, again, I was in AP to English. It out. Yes. <laughs> again, very so wise. We get it. How'd you do on the AP test? <laughs> not great. <laughs> not great. There was a lot of poetry stuff. That's amazing. That's like I took the uh, SAT 2s for French that just concluded that I don't know French. Yeah. <laughs> I was so good at like the standardized tests like SAT and ACT. Like that's how I got to go to college and everything. And then like the AP test, I was real cocky. and That just required you no knowledge. Yeah, that's exactly the board. Uh, same way. I think I did English and did bad. I probably did math, though I had no business doing it and did mm -hmm. bad. And then I might have even tried Spanish and <laughs> done really bad. Yeah, I took a modern muy, euro and it was muy malo. Very bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I, so back to your argument, it sounds like that you think all poetry is requires requires that you do some investigating into figuring it out, which I don't think is the case. Cause like, where would we be without T.S. Eliot and cats? 
It's all very simple Fuck. and fantastic. Okay, well, here's the thing. I saw cats. And? My, my girlfriend was um, out of the country over, like, the holidays, which spanned her birthday also. So, like, when we got back, when she got back on, like, January, like, 2nd, we did her birthday. And then, like, two weeks later did Christmas. So it was very weird. But, like, the day she got back, we picked her up from the airport, took her home to take a shower, and then we saw cats. <laughs> okay. Amazing. It was the worst film ever made, and I had a fucking great time. Exactly, and you had a fucking great time doing it. I still and don't know what jellical means. <laughs> and you go like, I don't know what je- What does it mean to be a jellical cat? And they're like, well, that's what T.S. Eliot, like his daughter called cats jellicles, so he called them. And I'm like, you still haven't answered the fucking question of what it means to be a jellical Because the whole movie, it's like, she wants to be a jellical right. cat. And then at the end, it's like, you are now. And it was like, but what does it mean? (laughs) (laughs) So you also struggled to understand cats. However, you still had a good time. So. Well, but that was more based on like just bafflement of like how that got made at such a high budget so many people had to sign off of it and so many big names in it i always wonder how that happens is it just like do we reach out to celebrities and be like hey we have a project to you we're not going to tell you what it is but we're going to already tell you the people who are signed on so you like are going through the list of people signed on and you're like it must not be that bad but just by the nature of group think it's all these people and then they arrive on set that day and it's chaotic i guess and they're getting a huge paycheck like to me like so much money I like the old old people in it, like the McKellens, the Judy Denches, yes. anyone knighted. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, fuck yeah, get that paycheck. You're about to be six feet under. Like, let's take care of the great grandkids. Oh, no. Okay, so again, poetry for and a like, different generation. And also, like, I'll tell you who one, one person I thought was legitimately good in it mm-hmm. uh, was James Corden. Didn't I'm gonna be honest? I didn't see it. I just saw cuts uh, of it. I just saw like the different like I saw uh, Rebel Wilson uh, tap dancing with cockroaches. Deeply yeah, upsetting. Was, it was, look, look, James Corden was good. I will say what he and Rebel Wilson did. <laughs> and again, I talked about weight loss earlier. So it's like I've been a very heavy person in my life uh-huh. was like <laughs> just the sad, offensive, like the the. The take on being overweight in that movie is like they constantly are eating garbage and they can't walk three steps without falling. Yes, down. it's it was, crazy. It that's, and that's like, honestly, Revan Wilson has like tried to make a career out of that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, she kind of does that in Pitch Perfect too, oh, where her yeah. thing is the like, I'm running sideways. Yeah. And you're like, no, nah. oh no. But like, James Corden, it seemed like was uh, like he's like I'm gonna come get my paycheck, and he even said like publicly that he didn't see the movie no. and didn't want to. So I was like, all right, respect, respect. Oh, that's dark but fair, but also people seem to love hating it. And so you're all right. Let me be clear though. Your sure. pro poetry argument yes. is that a poem written by T. S. Eliot a hundred years ago mm-hmm. had an offhand mention to a concept. A nonsensical concept of the Jellicle Cat, which was then turned into a terrible musical, which was then turned into... A wonderful play. I have seen the play and I loved every second of it. I had to Google the plot of the play after seeing the movie because I'm like, surely it's different. (laughs) It is the exact fucking same. Yeah, it is. There's no arc. It's just a series of character introductions. Yeah. Doing great. And the play is amazing because you're watching like great creepy ass cats doing like... But what does that have to do with poetry? I don't know. It's just spy- inspired by poetry. There's also movies that were inspired by poetry. So that without the poetry, I guess I'm just asking you to respect poetry if you respect the art that it influenced. Like, when you talk about like the, <laughs> the 
I mean, stuff like was was there a movie of the Raven? There was, and and like but that was it stuff, about the poem, or was it about him being married to his cousin? <laughs> I don't know, but there's a lot of incest in poetry apparently that I was unaware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's other ones though uh, that like I mean, there's Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Let's see. Uh, there's also like The Nightmare Before Christmas. Great fucking movie for kids. Yeah, but adults like it too. Wait, I watched oh, it. but night, no, but are you calling are you calling that based on the night before Christmas? Yeah, and it was. I think the title was a play on that. Yeah, so what? <laughs> it was inspired by. I don't care how deeply inspired by Nothing it was. Nothing about okay, the movie was Troy. <laughs> Bright Star. Mulan, all inspired by that was inspired by the Ballad of Mulan. Really? Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. I like Mulan. I'll give you that. Thank you. Those you are also sing, little I'll make kids. A man out of you real uh, quick. I know almost all the words. <laughs> more than anything. Let's get, get down, down to, to business. <laughs> to, to defeat, defeat. The Huns. Did they send me daughters when I asked for sons? <laughs> you're the saddest bunch I've ever met. Oh shit. Oh, so pack up, go home, you're through. Somehow I'll make a man out of you. That was dun dun dun. Be a man. <laughs> we must speak okay, as a course in river. Be a man. Sets up great typhoon. Be a man. With all this mysterious as the dark side of the moon. That was the most important part of my day. I'm so embarrassed. You can tell about this. That was fantastic. Thank you so much for that. Mulan, I'm pretty sure it's canceled, but you did a great job. Is it canceled? I think there's some. Yeah. Let's see some other some other things. Oh, did I already say Braveheart? No. Yeah, Braveheart based on a poem. Based on based on a 15th century Scottish epic poem titled The Acts and Deities of uh, blah blah blah. I can't pronounce any of these words. William Wallace or simply the Wallace. See, when you get into like Oh Brother Where Art That what you're saying is based on like the Iliad and the mm-hmm, Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Those things to me, it's like, are these even poems? These are stories. They're but, like but, books, but they're kind of in poem form. I don't know. So you think like iambic pentameter doesn't count? Like would you like say that a Shakespeare? Shakespeare play that is written in meter mm-hmm. is a poem to you? Yes, but I think they've made some delineation between the length that it now becomes huh. storytelling. I also but think I would argue that it is poetry. Like you are studying poetry when you're reading Shakespeare. I, was, I just remember like I feel like I remember being in school and you'd be like learning the the whole iambic pentameter of it all yeah. and it and it was be like okay see how these lines are and i was like i remember being like yeah well they they are if you read them that way like if you put the accents every other syllable then sure it's iambic but i think if you read that naturally it would not be sure but i think the art of reading it in iambic is like what makes it pleasant to listen to right and like because of that it's like music it's actually like there's arguments that like poetry helps with like retention and memory which is why we oftentimes use verse and meter when we're doing like protest signs yeah because your message is stronger because people were will remember it more mm-hmm. so can you argue that you've hated all protest signs <laughs> <laughs> the last protest i saw i was in san francisco for sketch fest so there was an anti-choice protest oh. so uh, no i i mean i am gonna say i didn't like that <laughs> <laughs> okay you have win that uh, argument <laughs> I, quick aside uh an older writer that i was working with was telling me about when the writer's 
Guild, the TV writers, uh-huh. were like protesting oh, for the yeah. strike around. Oh, no. And he said that a, there was like a bunch of dude comedy writers and that their chant was them saying, what do we want? Uh, for the girls we liked in high school to be nice to us. And when do we want it? In high school. And I thought that was very funny. <laughs> That's amazing. And that sounds, uh, I was so afraid you were going to say that it turned into like a competitive sign off between writers. Uh, I'm sure it did. Which is, which I was like what deeply embarrassed for yeah. all of us. And I'm sure that subset of people existed as well. But the ones that you found is so much better. I also could imagine the mix of comedy and drama writers being very bizarre. Of like the drama writers oh, are acting yeah. like they're striking a coal mine in the 1880s <laughs> and then the comedy writers are like doing fart jokes on their side <laughs> amazing i'm now like ready for if it happens Let's to be it. at the forefront just for the people watching for the, just for the people watching not for our industry or the fact that mm. we are owed a certain percentage of the things we create should we just turn this into like <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, am i a drama I'll writer die on that hill of like eh, i don't think writers should get paid <laughs> no, no. it's fun oh no no uh, I, I guess it's just iambic pentameter it's it feels like fudged to me i don't know it's like what you think that because it's like the be- way young thug will just like mispronounce a word to make it rhyme <laughs> sure like slant rhymes yeah which i enjoy that i guess yeah. so maybe i'm a hypocrite but this is like yeah if you mispronounce the words it's an iambic pentameter <laughs> i guess so you're not impressed by poems either. I'm not. I also feel like there's to to my talk about paintings earlier. Like I remember being a kid at art <laughs> museums and seeing like the just blank canvas with lines. There's like abstract yes. stuff and being like, I could do that. And to me, it's I feel like there's a similar like abstract poems of like. What's the, okay, the poem sure. I remember fucking detesting the most, it was Emily Dickinson, um, I heard a fly buzz and then I died. Okay. Do you know that one? I don't. Should we look it up? No, I want okay. you to guess what it is and I bet what you guess will be better. Oh no. <laughs> no okay, it's just okay. like I heard a fly buzz and I'm sure there's some fucking meaning that I don't get. I heard a fly buzz and then I died. So is it like about the shortness of life and it's like how like all of this like mundane I hope that happens, that's not what it's about because if you, you sussed die. it out just hearing the title and I studied it is that it? Probably no, I don't, know, I don't know either and I feel like I've gone at Dickinson a couple times here and I just want to say this I know she's like a uh, an icon of like you know a female who succeeded I, I don't I'm not I actually give props to her because I figured out like she figured out how to game the poetry system even better than most like i respect <laughs> that <laughs> the she did so well at something that's nonsense <laughs> like respect the grift is there any other art form that you feel the same way about or is this like to you the like lowest common denominator of art i don't even know if i i almost am like i feel like what's coming out of me throughout this interview <laughs> is that i feel like it's too high of a <laughs> An art form. It's, oh, okay. It's such so you a think high that it's, art form that it's esoteric. And but like, I disagree. I feel like that's like the common misconception is that like poetry does have to be difficult. But then when we talk about things like Seuss and T.S. Eliot or like, you know, the things that spawn these movies, they're silly and fun and have or rap. They can be direct mm-hmm. and they can be direct and hold a message and like make you think. But then also just be like super enjoyable for your ears yeah. to hear. I just think there's a... <laughs> I, I love this YG album that he came out with. One of his earlier albums called My Crazy Life. Uh-huh. It's basically like a more fun version of Kendrick's Good Kid, Matt City. It's like <laughs> a tale of one day in the life in South Central. And 
But there's a song on it that I actually do love that Kendrick is on called Smoke It and Drink It. Really be smoking and drink it. And the, just the first line of the song always cracks me up because it goes like the first couplet of the song is I woke up this morning. I had a boner. <laughs> so boner poems so like are always boner funny. Like Did, the, was he inspired by Dr. Seuss? I doubt it. I <laughs> think the kidding. point of it was that he had morning wood because he hadn't had sex the night before because he was so stressed out about everything going on that he didn't even bring a woman home. That's the point of it in context. But it's just so goddamn funny to me to start a rap song with I woke up this morning. I had a bone. <laughs> See, and art and poetry can be anything. And you're laughing at it and I you're guess. quoting it and you're enjoying it. You're really doing a great job dying on this hill. How are you feeling? Like good and dead? I'm good. I feel mostly sad. <laughs> mostly sad for what was her name? Uh, Fanny? Franny. Oh, for Fran. Yeah. Why? You should feel happy for Fran. She's crushing it. She I, published a book I over feel, the age of 70. I'm sorry that I even let her know that there was a person in the world who doesn't like oh, poems. Thank you for saying that. Like, I, that makes me sad. <laughs> also, I completely forgot to tell you, my only relationship with poetry is that I won the D.A.R.E. Award uh, in fourth grade. Did you ever have D.A.R.E.? D.A.R.E. Yeah, yeah, we had D.A.R.E. We had to write an essay and I fully cheated and wrote a poem and then I won. Well, and I can remember one stance. I tried to get my mom to find it. And she was like, there's, I'm so sorry. There's no universe that I okay. kept your dare word from. But I remember one stance from it. Dare is a course we all had to take. It teaches us about all of the decisions we make. Uh, when taking things like meth and chewing tobacco can make some people really go wacko. <laughs> oh, I've lost so many friends to chewing tobacco. <laughs> They chew tobacco like and they lose and their mind. Those are and the two things. Just the fact that I, I was like, can make you go wacko. It's like I am fully canceling my fourth grade self. Um, I just wanted you to uh, look at me in the poem. eye and tell me I didn't deserve the $50 car gift card that I then used to buy a knockoff Tiffany's bracelet. Wow. I mean, again, I have no issue with children's poetry. Oh. <laughs> what is, wait, what I don't is, know. That had an adult message. What does D.A.R.E. stand for? Someone the other day recently said this, and I was like, I never even knew it was an acronym. D yeah, D-A-R-E, but I don't know either. It's like drugs and... <laughs> it's like, I want to say drugs against something. <laughs> drugs against drugs reading. Against <laughs> reading. Emily Dickinson. And, and, <laughs> anything spelled wrong because yeah. we're against reading. Uh, drugs against reading. Wait, hold on. Let's look it up. Dare. I think Dare got cut because it was like literally teaching kids how to do drugs and they yeah. found that it was like counterproductive drug abuse resistance education that's what it is yeah i like our acronym better should we reinstate dare drugs against reading Emily <laughs> fantastic uh greg i think you've done a really magnificent job of dying on this hill is there, are there any other points you'd like to make to really just hit home how you feel about poetry do you still believe that there's no good poems even after hearing franz beautifully published poetry all right. <laughs> I, I, after, after this talk, yes, I feel like maybe the stance that there's never been a good poem <laughs> was a, a little bit overaggressive. Great. A little overbearing. There's, there's been a few good poems. <laughs> I'll come back and do an episode called Most Poetry is Horseshit. <laughs> Great. And Fantastic. there's no way you're talking me down from that. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, any final words? I heard a fly buzz and then I died. Uh, and with that, I'd love to read you your eulogy. Please.
We've gathered here today to say goodbye to Greg Galland, who died on the hill of There Has Never Been a Good Poem. <laughs> Greg is survived by many projects, including Perfect Harmony, first season available on Hulu, uh, and first-hand podcast available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow his legacy on Twitter at Galant Greg, G-A-L-L-A-N-T-G-R-E-G. Greg, we are so grateful for your time here on this earth and on this podcast. May you rest in peace. Thank you. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.